When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Got it! Boston wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. Well, it is time again for the Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman, Tangway along for the ride, Zoom and Pod. And we are sponsored by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bob, we've talked about offense. You love it. The ghost of Tommy Heights is smiling. <laughs> the Pacers put up 157 points. They let up 152. But the, the Pacers are just unbelievable this year. And you wouldn't think it would come from them. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. It's not in Rick Carlisle's coaching profile, but they are playing fast this year. There was a very good piece, I must say, in the Athletic uh, uh, on um, uh, Monday, and and the, about them, and, and specifically about Ty- Tyrese Halliburton and and the effect that he's had on them, and 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 he's having an extraordinary run. Uh, Halliburton uh, in his last two games uh, has had a thirty-seven point sixteen assists. Five rebounds and B thirty-seven point uh, fifteen assists. Excuse me, and five rebounds and B thirty-seven point sixteen assists and five rebounds. And wow, you know that that that's a that's a lot of point production for a person. Uh, he's he's a guy that most people really haven't paid attention to. He made his all-star, you know, first all-star team last year. Uh, they're going to have to start paying attention to him now because he's elevating himself into the upper echelon of NBA guards with this kind of play. But he's the he's the catalyst, and they're they're running up and down the floor. Uh, it's so funny because we talked about it yesterday and I was marveling about the, the uptick in offense. And then that last night to see that happen, uh, 157 to 152 without overtime, uh, no, no extra push. I, the first thing I looked up though, Gar, and, and this is with the question that's always going to be asked in the, in the scoring of, in 2023 and how they do on threes, the two teams combined 37 for 76 on threes, almost 50%. Right. And, and, and that, that that doesn't tell you the entire story, but it's part of the story. Well, it is. And I think that it's a little bit of an asterisk. I mean, you have to it's a different era. I mean, it's the juice ball era. Let's face it. You know, I mean, it is. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and guys, guys of all shapes and sizes are shooting them, you know. 
Oh, that's right. No question about that. And, and uh, uh, but still, I I'm sure that there are lots of basketball purists out there and NBA people that are going. Wait a minute, you know, uh, we we don't this this doesn't make it look very good. We're trying to preach defense on in some way, and 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 you need stops. And obviously, nobody was getting many stops last night. Uh, I, 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 I wish I had seen that game. I just to see exactly how that thing unfolded, but, but, uh, I was kind of monitoring it, uh, you know, with the phone last night and, and, uh, wow. Uh, that's so it's something, but we're in, I will repeat what we said when we last, we met, uh, a, a major offensive era just so happened that Indiana is leading the league in scoring. They were leading the league in scoring with 120, uh, some odd points a game. And now, uh, they, they tack on a 157. So, uh, um, that they're the most logical team to have done this, and, and damn it if they didn't do it. Well, I googled the trade Tyrese Halliburton to the Kings back. Yes, in February eighth, twenty twenty two, Sports Illustrated, and uh, Sabonis uh, involved in that deal to the Kings. Buddy Heal also interested Thomas as well. Go to Indiana along with Halliburton. It says trade grades Pacers steal Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings, but you view this as a good trade for both teams. Well, I mean, Sabonis. Maybe I'm. He's one of my favorite players. And you know, where Sacramento is having a good, you know, off to a good start in large measure because they have that. They have Sabonis. I, I would think they're happy. Uh, I, I mean, uh, maybe people are going. Well, are we. You know, I don't know that anybody ex- expanded Tyrese Halliburton into what we're seeing right now. I agree. Plus, Buddy Heald is a good asset. I'd love to have him on my team. But uh, frankly, especially well, I, good question. This was. I don't think anybody looked at this as a. Um, earth-shattering deal at the time. I mean, you know, I was just, you know, I just got a kick out of the headline. You know, at the time the deal was made, people thought that, you know, it was going to be a one-sided deal and it hasn't turned out that way. Uh, but of course, nobody thought that he would have this type no, of I mean, I, I mean, I never gave him two thoughts. You know, I knew he was a pretty good player. You know, I remember him at Iowa State and all that. And I'm fine. But no, this is this is elite stuff. This is making a bid. I mean, if you're going to go all NBA right now on the first month of the season, you know, he's he's he's, he's one of starting guard. He's got to be there. So yeah. no one no one foresaw anything like that. And and um, and good for him. But I, I will insist that this was a fair trade because of Sabonis. And, and look what Sacramento's doing. And and they're, they're, they they were a fun dangerous team by the end of last season and uh, last season. And then they're a team, one of my teams I call the up and comers in the league this year. And they're clearly there. And, and Indiana's there too. Good for both of them. I'm happy. I think I would like to think that this is a trade where both GMs are going, you know, okay, we, this is the kind of fair trade that you, you always want. The both teams got what they want. Well, I just think it's always good when there are new names in the mix, when you look and you see, okay, who's playing tonight. Oh, I'd like to watch him. No kidding. It's good, the, it's good for the league. Like, I would not have thought of, like, as I'm scrolling, so the Celtics aren't playing. Oh, Tyrese Halliburton's playing tonight. Okay, let me see if it's on TNT or let me see if I can get it with, you know. Yeah. It's good for business. There's a lot of these, there's a lot of that going around the league this year. There is. Like and John Moran, when he comes back, we're going to be oh, watching him. I mean, you know, even De'Aaron Fox out in Sacramento is a fun play. And of course, Maxi. You know, who got another thirty last night? You know, Lamelo Ball and did it to the Celtics. Lamelo Ball, and so they're they're, they're out there. And uh, Jalen Brunson who's turning himself into a, a stellar player. So, and and not to mention the young guys that the uh, you know the two big kids that you know are going to be the story all year, Wembyana and Holmgren. So there's a lot going on in the league. I think if I'm Adam Silver, I'm feeling good about things in that regard. Okay, so now in the in-season tournament, which you and I both have said. 
doesn't really matter to us. We're not haters. If you like it, fine. If it works for you, fine. But I saw that the Lakers and the Pacers have won their group. So I'm curious. Do you think that this tournament could have an impact on a team's real playoff run? In other words, they gel, they win the in-season tournament, they get a little bit of confidence, and they find themselves. If it's an outlier, I mean, if it's going to be – if if the, the team in question is Denver or even Boston, you know, I don't think that's going to have a appreciable effect on their psyche. But I think if the team in question is, is oh, for example, Indiana, you know, and, and – uh, or somebody that wasn't in the supposedly in the elite that might they might and this is a whole lab experiment that that Adam Silver has foisted on us. We don't know how anyone's going to be acting. That you know, so let's wake up on the morning of December tenth and see what people are saying because that's the day after when it's over and in Las Vegas. We don't know how the coaches are going to react. We don't know how the players are. You know, ultimately, we we I think we can basically say that most people in the league uh, who had to participate in it gave it a shrug. You know, you know. It wasn't that they're playing these games. They're not looking at these games, I don't think, yet. Oh, it's an in-season game. It's just game on the schedule we're going to have anyway. Just happened to be on a Tuesday and Friday, and they've designated the Tuesdays and Fridays are the in-season games in, in November. But we'll see. Maybe they'll get excited by it. Maybe. Well, and, I think guys like to go to Vegas. I've said that before. Well, that, you, know, that, you know, that's the thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, it is, is, is the carrot. You know, if you find yourself in the hunt, Right. And it's like, OK, guys, come on, let's go out and play ball tonight because we get a trip to Vegas. And if you're 25, 26, 27 and you're a millionaire. Eh, OK. And there's money and there's money. And as I said, the money, money, you have and the money is yeah. obviously affecting the, you know, players, 9, 10, 11 and 12 on the roster, not so much one, one, to, you know, one to eight. But, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, LeBron is not playing for the money. I know, except for tip money for something. But but uh, a lot of they, they are playing. To, to enrich their less fortunate teammates in terms of the money. Yes, the less coaches. fortunate teammates. Yes. Yeah. Sure. You know, yeah. And, and so, but there is money and, and, and it's a point of pride to, you know, the thing they may uh, the, So yeah. in that regard, they, they look at this world. So many of them keeping score by the money. And, and so, okay, fine. If that's an incentive that, that makes them play harder, fine. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. I just never thought that it could be a um, an avenue to gel. I mean, you get a team that comes together. They do a little mini road trip. They go to Vegas. <laughs> maybe they find themselves. They get maybe. a little, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, you're no. right. For the Celtics, for the Celtics, for the Suns, for the Denver, I mean, Philly, it doesn't matter. But a team like Indy, eh, 
Who knows? Because I didn't think we'd be talking about the Pacers this year. No, I, I, they were no, me, me neither, and and but never talk that we'd be talking about them as the racehorse team uh, uh, out of out of the the ABA days with Rick. You know, and I, I love Rick, but Rick's this, this you know Rick's more orthodox, you know, traditional coach, and and uh, the this is this is Doug Moe revisited. This is good. This Doug is Doug Moe. Okay, right now we're up to Paul Dude, Oh my Bob, I love Doug Moe. Oh, I, I you got we okay. This is story time. I remember yes. Doug Moe. For those people who don't know, Google him. Kids, Google this guy. Moe. Coach of the Denver Nuggets. And then he wore these leisure suits. He had <laughs> these crazy shirts. And the shirt was always like half off. His hair was wild. I mean, he looked like he should have been running with Dan Tana on, you know, the show Vegas with Robert Urich. I <laughs> loved Doug Moe. And then he goes to the Sixers. They put him in a suit, GQ. He's got his hair quaffed back. I'm like, what? No. What have you done to Doug Moe? Give me a Doug Moe story. We're uh, in Denver in 1987, the 86-87 season. And Kevin McHale is on a monstrous run. And we get into Denver. And Doug Moe would have his pregame session. And he would invariably tell you the truth. Unlike, you know... In other words, if he thought they were going to win and they, and they were playing well, okay, look out, guys, we're ready. If he thought they were in a uh, you know in, in a tailspin, uh, uh, he would tell you. So, and this particular things weren't going so well for the Nuggets when we arrived. So Doug's admission, uh, Doug's pronouncement to the media before the game was: If I were you, I would take the Celtics, the points, and the extra points. <laughs> Unquote. Game starts. And Kevin McHale scores the first 13 points of the game and breaks Danny Shays' nose in the process with an elbow. And that's how that game started. And of course, you know, the Celtics did, of course, win. And and then and you would have. So that was one Doug Moe. Another Doug Moe is it's the 1979 playoffs. And uh, he's in San Antonio before he goes to Denver. And right. he's coaching the, the, the Spurs against the Washington uh, Bullets then before they changed their nickname. And he said uh, it was an off day and he had a short practice. He was noted that they didn't overburden themselves in practice with Doug Moe because Doug had other priorities too. And he said, my biggest problem right now is that my golf course doesn't allow sixums on Thursdays. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's, you know, but Doug Moe was was a a proponent of offense, baby. But, out of defense, they they were pressured. They pressured you. He he wanted his backcourt to create steals and turnovers, and and when they did, boom, they were off the other way. But but he was a major proponent of well, offense. He he, the, he coached Issel and Thompson, right? Yes. Oh, he had uh, and Alex English and Alex and, English. I mean, they had. Oh, he had some wonderful offensive teams, and yeah. and and he was most one of the most refreshing people in the history of the league. Uh, you know, the, you you're right. You're so right there. The, the the ultimate media friend uh, was Doug Moe because you know, you walked in and your notebook was going to get full. It was great. I mean, he was just great for the league. I I, I mean, I remember. Also, the, remember you know, the- he's one of the he's a Carolina guy, and right. and and uh, they are all there. That's that's an incredible fraternity of, of people that all uh, with Saint Dean. Was, you know, uh, was he connected with Larry Brown? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. they all worship Dean Smith. Right. Only one of them, however, referred to Dean as Uncle Dino, though. Guess who that was? Yeah, Doug Bo. <laughs> He's great. I mean, we had, there were some. But the rest of them, it was Coach Smith. Yeah. With Doug Mo, it was Uncle Dino. 
great. Yeah, one of the all-time great characters in the NBA. Absolutely. He was, he was great. Still with us, thank God. And, uh, you know, that's good. Um, so uh, let's evaluate Porzingis. Let's give him uh, – where are you at with him at this point in the season? I'm very gratified and pleasantly surprised. I, I, I was harsh when they made the deal. Uh, I, I had a vision of him from this New York days, let alone, you know, Dallas and wondered why Dallas let him go. And, 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 um, and I didn't even see him play last year because who watches the Wizards? I mean, that in Austin, sir, that's not just a throwaway line. Who watches the Wizards? Right? Well, nobody did. I mean, no, I mean, you know, they're on TV, you know, you're, you're, you're looking for a movie, right? So last year, I, I, I knew it. And so now the deal's made. Okay. Wait a minute. Wow. He did score 23.9 points a game when I wasn't looking. And, and so, uh, okay. Then I find out that, uh, you know, and I had my vision of him just being a seven foot three jump shooter and nothing else. And I believe I'd said, the guy's seven three going on five three. You know, I'm not too enthused. You did. All right. I did. Well, <laughs> then I find out that he did a lot of posting up last year when I wasn't watching the Wizards play to help him get those 23.9. And then I find out from a very good source that the problem for him, according to the source in Dallas, was that. Rick Carlisle wanted him to stand out there and take a disproportionate number of jump shots, and he wanted to diversify his game. Well, that surprised me in both cases for both reasons. But okay, so all right, all right. So now I'm a little bit more open-minded, you know, before we see him play. Now and now, oh, the other thing I heard about him in, in my research, you know, quote unquote, was yeah, he's going to help you on defense more than you think. A, he, he is a protector, and B, he is more laterally mobile than you might realize. You know, he won't be a big liability on a pick and roll. So, you know, well, guess what? He's a good basketball player. I, I am watching a, a a guy that combines a little of the old. The old he hadn't even really hit his stride to shooting threes yet, by the way. You know, he's, he's not, I don't know what the percentage is, but uh, my mind's eye tells me, you know, um, he, he's got his best three-point shooting ahead of him this year. And But he he is a smart he, – he, he does the great roll to the basket thing. He uh, is a good rim protector. Saved a game the other night. Won a game by blocking a shot at the buzzer. A beautiful block. Um, and and he, he can pass a little bit. He's a good basketball player. And um, I'm happy to have him. And 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 I think it was, you know, uh, 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 so I give him A minus right now. I'll give him an A minus so far. Yeah, I mean, I was optimistic. Uh, I, I was just optimistic because... Uh, I, I had seen that his numbers had gone up in Washington, and I know that this coach likes to shoot threes. Uh, but I've been I, I've been even more impressed. Yeah, he's a basketball. The, thing, the thing that impresses me, Bob, about this team, the Celtics, is that look, they went through some changes. Marcus Smart, for, you know, he was a fan favorite. He had some friends on the team. Jalen Brown got the big contract. We all know that the pressure is going to be on him. So you brought in. You know, Drew Holiday, and you brought in, uh, you know, uh, Porzingis. So you brought in a new point guard, and you brought in a new big man. Yeah. And they've gelled pretty well. You know, they, you know, they had a little uh, – you know, coming off a road trip in which they went 3-1, and one and, and and the last two games, they were both were winnable and they both were losable. <laughs> and they and they, they won the one that was losable and they lost the one that was winnable, I guess. But anyway, they right. They got three. People are going to overreact that it, it wasn't pretty at the end. It was just it was disappointing. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I keep coming back to this. If Drew Holiday makes the two free throws, they win the game. It right. puts them up by four. And 
and and they win the game. And you know that's not going to happen again. That he's not going to walk up there and miss two free throws like that too often. Hey, Larry once did it. I never never forget. Larry came out of of the All Star break one year and they go to Sacramento and he bricks two free throws and they lose the game. So if Larry Bird can do it, folks, Drew Holiday can do it, and anybody can do it. So uh, I'm not worried about that. I'm not overreacting to what we saw. Uh, there's the components are here, as we know. The, the components of the chemistry looks the chemistry looks pretty good, pretty quick. Yeah, well, it's you know, and, and of course they didn't have White in that game, and once again we can't. Right. Everybody's missing people at times, and you know, I, uh, yeah. but they didn't have White, and it showed. And 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 I I hope he's back against the Bucks, and uh, but if he's not, then they're going to have to uh, make do, and uh, and that's that. But uh, oh, just, you should be happy. Celtic fans should be should be generally very pleased, and and um, uh, plus we're watching the coach too. You know, he this is year two for the coach. The coach, um, you know, he he, uh, uh, he he's learning. I mean, and and that, we can't uh, you know you overrate that or underrate the fact that that, that Joe Mazzulla is a is a guy on the OJT in this second year and he's still a young guy. Um let's talk about LeBron and we haven't talked about him a whole lot mm-hmm. uh because of the rise of the other stars in the league and also the Lakers kind of where they're at. But LeBron uh reached 39,000 points. So he's gonna break 40,000 is the feeling. <laughs> Here's a guy that has played in 1,435 games in 21 seasons. Now, Michael, who we compare him to, mm-hmm. and Celtics traditionalists like you and myself will also talk about Russell in the conversation as the greatest of all time. But Michael played in in 400 less games, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about the points, you know, you really can't compare the two. But I will say this. I'm going to enter this into the discussion. When we have had the argument, who's the greatest player of all time, LeBron James or Michael Jordan, longevity's never entered into the discussion, at least with me. Okay. Now should it? Well, see, there's, there's multiple layers to the discussion. Anytime you get into GOAT uh, in any, whatever it is, could be music, could be cooking, could be, you know, but in sports, let's stick to sports. Um, <clears throat> you're going to have layers because not all positions are created equal. Not all careers are created equal. Um, everybody has certain personal preferences about what matters more to him or her in, in evaluating a, a player or a team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, <clears throat> in basketball, you've got peak value, uh, the, you know, uh, uh, the flow in there, I think, uh, as well as longevity. On sheer longevity, what LeBron is doing, there's two people that had remarkable. All right, let's start with it. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? If you go on the following criteria, the greatest career of achievement from high school to professional. There's well, only Russell, one. Answer. It's Russell. No, he was nobody in high school. Oh, really? Nobody. That's why he went up in a local school thanks to a recommendation from an alumnus. Well, he got, but he got two net NCAA. I know that, but I'm talking there, about huh? the, the whole career. Okay. The all right, greatest career on arguably okay. is, is Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I, I should have gotten the numbers ready. Well, let me tell you this. He's, he lost single-digit games in high school and college. All right? Think about that. Right. He lost single-digit games total in high school and college. And he was the reason. Starting his sophomore year at, at, at Power Memorial High School in, in New York City. Okay. He wins uh, three national championships. Nobody else has ever done that at UCLA. He goes, he wins uh, six MVPs. And I don't know how many make. All right. He's the great. His the career is the greatest. All right, throwing, well, I'm throwing in high school now. The second greatest career thrown in high school, but now LeBron doesn't have a college career. <laughs> so he's not, 
So saying, if I want to have that discussion, LeBron can't even be in it. So that's, all right, put that on the right. side. Now we're talking, let's get back to the NBA. The longevity thing. Kareem had a great amount of longevity as well. He played, he played from the 69, 70 until uh, 88, 89. He had a long career. And then that accounts for his final total. You've got to give LeBron credit for being incredibly productive at this age and still as good as he is. He's kept himself in marvelous shape. Um, I, I, take, I do not take that away from him. Uh, LeBron's going to have all these career numbers based on the longevity. Now it comes down to the, 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 the skill range. Uh, and with LeBron versus Michael, uh, bigger, stronger, uh, better rebounder, better passer, you know, than Michael Jordan. Okay. I'm playing for my life tonight. No question. I want Michael Jordan. I do too. A better competitor. LeBron is a nicer person on the court. Yeah. I'm serious. And but maybe you know. too. Uh, and I keep coming back to the difference between the two. And I'm, I'm, this is my little patented thing. I want this on my gravestone. Okay. You know, a couple of things I want on my gravestone that he said, and this well, is one. Write them down here. <laughs> the raise, reason they each got to the top of the mountain as they had each have in their own eras took Michael to learn how to share Michael Jordan at the, the 87, 88, Michael Jordan is not making those passes to, to Steve Kerr and Jim Paxson that later won. John Paxson, that later won championships. He's hogging up the shot himself and, and maybe taking a bad one. He's not, he's not, he doesn't trust his teammates, you know. Okay. LeBron, and, and once he began to trust his teammates, the championships came. That's my theory. You know, you can argue against it. LeBron doesn't win until he finally accepts the responsibility of being the best player on the floor and acting accordingly. He flamed out against the Celtics in 2010. He, 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 I, I initially rejected this notion, but I had to come to believe it that in 2011 against the Mavericks, he basically didn't really want the ball the way he should have. And, and, and that he, he shrunk at the moment. There was some catharsis after that. I don't know whether somebody got to him or he finally figured it out himself. That I, 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 since then, that's not an issue. He knows when to take over, how to take over. He's known that now over a decade, and the championships have come in various uniforms. So he, when, he, when he learned to be assertive and, and accept the responsibility of being the best player and acting accordingly, that. But in Michael's case, he always he believed he was the best player before, you know, all, all the time. But that doesn't mean that you you still have four of the guys you have to account for. And and if you go back and study LeBron. And I keep going back to that film, that documentary, When We Were Kings, that was made about him in high school at St. Vincent St. Mary and, and, and traced them through their high school career. Everyone in the world knew he was the best player and, and he knew he was the best player, but he was a team guy always, always. He, he, he was he, the great thing about he loved playing with them is these are kids that he played with from like fifth grade that they won national state championships, two of them with, with him and his friends. He liked that camaraderie. He liked that. He was a team. It's always been about team. It's, it's not about, and, and people don't give him enough credit for that, isn't it? Because some people, because of the, of the decision, you know what the decision was, was 2010. For Christ's sake, get over the decision. It was yeah. stupid. He shouldn't have done it. He's made amends for it. Let's get over it, huh? Uh, does he, he, what's he done bad that people should, there should even be any of the Brian haters? I, I don't see it. No, he's a, wonderful, no. he's a beautiful basketball player to watch play basketball. He knows how to play this game and he plays it with, with his teammates. And, 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 and I'm still glad he's around. I do too. 
Uh, I I think it's a debate that'll go on and on and on. I'm with you on the Jordan thing because we know even now, even my even my in Michael's Hall of Fame speech, he was throwing daggers at guys. You know, I mean, oh, it was, he's it was he was taking prisoners, he taking was, prisoners, and 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 it was on it was it was distasteful. You know, it was unbecoming. It was, it was unbecoming, and and you know what? I I think I'm guessing that he's unrepentant about it. Oh no, no, he makes. I, I don't think he feels any need to apologize. He made himself feel good <laughs> that night. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, evening, yeah. evening scores. I well, that tells. But but see, that speaks to what I was saying about the nature on the court. Right. You know, he right. he was the ruthless. You know, the famous uh, Hannibal Lecter, eat your heart out, and they, they give you a glass of Chianti. You know, he's the ultimate than that. Then and one B, one A, by the way, was Kobe. Kobe's the closest thing to Michael that we've known and right. in terms of the whole package of size, range of skill, uh, of temperament, you know, right. uh, he's the closest and, and, and real close. He's the, uh, but, but I still give the edge to Michael and that may be just bias. You know, I, I will listen to arguments on Kobe because Kobe was, was, you know, really, really good, but, but I, he didn't have the, the, the heart that yeah, the, the team heart to the degree right. that Michael, that, 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 you know, I don't, uh, that LeBron has, that's for sure. And but anyway, it's it's and and then the, we're in Boston. Let's talk about the, the, the most greatest achievement, the greatest you know uh, winner of all time. We know was William Fath Russell. We know that. Yeah. And and let me just state it out for a case on any any youngin out there that that needs to be uh, you know just to get a little schooling here. From 1955 until 1969, Bill Russell's teams competed for 16 separate championships, two NCAA, one gold medal in 1956 Olympics in Melbourne and 13 NBA championships. His teams just happened to win 14 of those 16. I don't think there was a coincidence. Okay. Right. And, and the 15th, only diehard fans in St. Louis uh, will, will, will not concede that if Russell hadn't been hurt in the 58 finals, they right. win that one too. It took, and it took 50 points by the great Bob Pettit in game six to win by two to beat Russell and knock him out when Russell was hurt in, in 58. And, and then more power to Bob Pettit. But uh, so Russell's achievements, uh, and, and let me just say the skill level, uh, if you put him in the game today, airlift him in with the exact same package, the same body and the same mind and the same spirit. He leads the league in shot blocks and rebounds today. Uh, and his last game was May 5th, 1969. I know people won't, don't, many people won't buy into that, but they didn't see him play. I'm telling you, uh, uh, he, he was an athlete so far ahead of his time. As he once said to me, I could kick the rim. Think about that one, folks. <laughs> and that's a great way to end, Bob. That's great stuff. Uh, and again, congratulations to LeBron. You know, he, yes. still, loves, he still loves to play the game. He's, the only blemish on the resume is the decision, which was not his idea. It was not his idea. It was a blip on the radar. So what? Uh, you know, he could have. There could be much worse things that we talk about. Yep. So I just hope. You know, I just looked at that. That LeBron's going to score forty thousand points, and yep. he's close to forty years old, and he's putting up thirty nine points in a game. Now the only the, the the one part of the discussion we're talking about all time cumulative points now, of course, is the three. You know, and and how well, that, that too. Sure. I, that, that's another argument. That's yeah. it's, but you well, have to. Bob, this is what I'll say about that. It takes skill, though. That's not an easy shot. No, no, you're right. Oh, we we we're old enough. To remember when people got yelled at for even taking them, even when the rule was in. You know, I mean, people 
it's now it's a shot that people want to cover. But kids, are, everybody's practicing. Every kid everybody's in America is out there shooting but three. It's still, it's not an easy shot to make. No, 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 um, no. So, well, you know, in in my hero, John Havlicek, who I would, you know, I had discussions with how he didn't like the three, and and the way Hondo played the game was exemplary. And I can understand why he didn't like the three because of the way he played the game, the motion yeah. and so forth. And he, yeah, and now he had three point range, by the way. Oh, there's no question. And and and, and would have and, and if in modern game, it, you know, being played the way it is, we, we would be encouraged, you know, to to shoot more. And he would have. This is he had, but he did have this. I can tell I can tell you the guys that had range and who didn't. You know, you know he did. Jerry West didn't. Uh, he really, had, West didn't have. Three, you don't think so? No, he wasn't that kind of. He was a middle range shooter. Middle range. He wasn't. A, I'll tell you who I. The guy that I would love. Uh, he must be wake up every day and say, "Why was I born?" Well, he had good things happen, but but why wasn't I born a little later? The 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 best Jerry Lucas would have been thrived in this. He he he. The Knicks had a very odd offense in that the two forwards, Lucas and the Busher, had better range than the two guards, whether it was Frazier and Barnett or Frazier and Earl Manuel. All those three guards were all middle range shooters. They weren't distance shooters. Right. And the two forwards could shoot from downtown. And they and they did, you know, to the degree that you would do it in those days, you know, not the way you do now. But but Lucas would have been a sensational three point shooter. What and about what about Charmin? Total middle distance. Oh, okay. To be 15, 17 foot. But that's the game. Nobody why the whole point, Oscar Robinson, you know, we used to say, you know, if Oscar had a 15 footer. Uh, he wanted a ten footer. If he had a ten footer, he wanted a, he wanted a layup, and and he he worked the game in. It, Oscar didn't have three point range because he, he he didn't he, need he, it. He wouldn't want it, you know. But now he'd have to have it, you know, and, and he'd have it because he's Oscar Robertson. He'd practice. He'd be good. But no, Oscar was totally uh, that wasn't his idea. The whole game was, you know, get a layup, and and right. that's what you wanted. The ultimate prize was getting a layup, not not passing out for a three. Anyway, that's it's a different game, and and uh, you know, and and uh, there's. We, you know, we, we can lament all we want, but the three ain't going anywhere. So I, no, it's not. And we still love the game and we love the yeah. scoring. And I mean, you know, I don't think we have a whole lot to complain about. Bob <laughs> Ryan, happy holidays, my friend. Always Same to you. Uh, Jeff Goodman will be joining us next week. Uh, and thank you to FanDuel. As we're giving thanks. Uh, FanDuel is the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Networks. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if you win. Bob, see you next week. Take care.